This is a podcast from the Business Times. Hi there, I'm Genevieve Kuo, wealth editor of the Business Times. Today we're going to talk about ESG investments, also referred to as sustainable investments. I'm going to raise some questions about ESG investments that I believe are worth thinking about. It's always good to be a little skeptical of things, especially when everyone is talking about them. There is certainly a lot of buzz around ESG. ESG spells environmental, social, and governance factors. These three factors form a discipline that's applied to stock picking or portfolio management in a number of ways. Sometimes they're applied as an exclusion screen. Sometimes the factors are integrated into the investment research and portfolio management process. The appeal to investors to invest sustainably rests on the argument that your investment capital can go a long way to speed up the transition towards a cleaner world, like provide funding for renewable energy and the development of technologies to reduce carbon emissions. These, hopefully, will keep the global temperature rise under control once they are commercialized at scale. But here's the thing. Is this what your investment fund does? Help reduce carbon emissions and alleviate social issues? In most cases, I don't think so. If you think about it and consider all the facts, there may well be a big gap between what you expect or desire your fund to do and what it actually delivers. I hope this episode gets you thinking, at the very least. Let's start with a marketing appeal. You're often told that by investing sustainably, you can do well as you do good. You read that in my paper, The Business Times, as well. And I've written it myself. It's practically a cliché, and it's a powerful argument. But can you really do well and do good with ESG investments? Bankers often tell you that you need not make any sacrifice in investment return by investing sustainably. So let's look at the recent investment performance. It hasn't been very encouraging. To be fair, almost all assets are down this year, whether sustainable or not. This is due to the trend in interest rates and inflation. As if to rub salt into a wound, based on current indications, the Federal Reserve isn't about to stop raising interest rates yet because it wants to bring inflation under control. This means the bear market isn't about to end. This year alone, based on the global MSCI indexes, the sustainable global ESG indexes have done worse than the plain vanilla MSCI World Index. Here's an example. In 2022 until end September, the MSCI World ESG Leaders Index has lost nearly 27%, compared to a 25% drop in the MSCI World Index. To be fair, the period under review is short. Longer periods like five years do show an outperformance. But ESG funds now lag on three-year returns because this year alone has been pretty bad. But what the bear market clearly shows is that there are some sacrifices when you want to invest sustainably. This year, there are two main culprits for the underperformance. One is ESG funds' very low exposure to the energy sector like oil and gas companies, because they burn fossil fuel, these companies are typically avoided by sustainable funds. But energy has been by far the best-performing sector this year, 
delivering a return of more than 50%. This is thanks to higher oil prices, which is partly caused by the Ukraine war and partly reflects the years of underinvestment in exploration and facilities. Now the onset of winter is raising even more concern in Europe over energy supply. In the MSCI ESG indexes, energy has a share of only 3% compared to more than 5% in the MSCI World Index. The energy sector's share of broad non-ESG indexes has dropped over the past few years because of climate concerns. But fund managers have now begun to invest into energy again as they realize that they cannot afford to ignore the sector. A second factor is the relatively high weighting that sustainable funds give to technology. The tech sector, as you are aware, has suffered the brunt of the market downturn. It is down by as much as 30% year-to-date. This correction is steeper than the 20% fall in the S&P 500. ESG funds loaded up on tech because tech companies typically have relatively high ESG ratings, but they did so at a time when valuations were pretty high. One opinion piece I've read also reasoned that because sustainable funds tend to exclude energy, this has left a smaller universe of stocks to choose from. Whatever the reason, the substantial tech exposure has also meant that many ESG funds are tilted towards growth stocks. Tech and growth investing are a double-edged sword. They pay off in rising markets when sentiment is bullish, but a bull market also masks potential weaknesses such as the fact that many tech companies are still unprofitable. In short, higher interest rates are forcing a revaluation and downward re-rating of the tech sector. This partly explains the losses of ESG funds. Now let's get to the main points I'd like to put across. I think there are a number of issues you should consider before you invest in sustainable funds. I've recently written a column about why it's time to be a little skeptical about ESG investments. You can search for it on the Business Times site. My column is called Mind the Gap. Here's the first issue. Where do you stand in terms of fossil fuel stocks? Do you believe they should be avoided outright? Some funds explicitly exclude fossil fuel stocks, or they exclude some energy companies whose revenues from fossil fuel exceed a certain percentage. This is a thorny topic. The answer ultimately boils down to your personal conviction. There are two broad approaches in the market. One is to screen for green, which says fund managers should screen out or exclude fossil fuel companies. There are activist investors who lobby against fund managers who continue to invest in traditional energy companies. The second approach is called brown to green, where some funds will still invest in oil and gas companies because they believe these traditional energy companies have a role to play in the transition to a net-zero world. I tend to support this approach because the world still needs energy. Production of renewable energy today is not at scale yet. Depriving oil and gas companies of capital will only raise energy prices and make inflation worse. The second issue is ESG ratings. It's widely known that there is little consistency in ratings. But the big question is, do you understand what such ratings really signify? MSCI's ESG ratings are an example. They are widely used by banks and advisors. What is important to note is that the ratings do not measure a company's impact on climate and society. 
Instead, the ratings assess the impact of the world, including climate risk issues, on the company and its shareholders. Here's what MSCI itself says about its ratings. I quote, Our ESG ratings provide a window into one facet of risk to financial performance. They are not the general measure of corporate goodness or a barometer on any single issue or a synonym for sustainable investing. Another rating agency, Sustainalytics, says broadly the same thing. Again, I quote, Risk ratings seek to reflect a company's unmanaged ESG risks that could wield a substantial impact on the company's economic value. In short, such ratings reflect the risks posed by ESG issues on a company and how they may impact shareholder value. The ratings do not reflect the impact a company or fund makes on a society and the environment. So far, we've talked about two main points or issues to consider. Your stand on fossil fuels, whether they should be excluded, and the significance or meaning of an ESG rating. Still to come, more issues and the question, is ESG just hype? Join senior correspondent Leslie Yee on Property BT for insights to help you on your property investment journey. Every fourth Thursday of the month, with your trusted partner for property information, go to bt.sg slash podcasts to download. And now, back to Wealth BT from the Business Times. The third issue is whether ESG funds deliver value. There are many articles that cite ESG outperformance numbers as evidence of value. But returns data may only skim the surface. There is a paper by two academics, Cornell and Damodaran, titled Valuing ESG, Doing Good or Sounding Good. The paper looks into the question of whether ESG investments add value using metrics such as higher returns, stronger cash flows, or increasing profitability. The paper is too long to go into in this podcast, but the author's conclusion is not encouraging. The evidence, they write, is not conclusive on whether ESG ratings are associated with higher risk-adjusted returns. They also find little evidence that investing in companies with high social responsibility scores pays off with higher returns. Here is a quote from the study. The hype regarding ESG has vastly outrun the reality of both what it is and what it can deliver. The fourth issue is the confusion surrounding the classification of sustainable funds. Europe is currently a leader on ESG labeling efforts. Last year, the EU implemented the Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation. This regulation aims for transparency on funds that are branded or marketed as green or sustainable. A clear definition of ESG labels would help investors make informed decisions and prevent greenwashing. By the way, most funds sold in Singapore are domiciled in Europe, so they have to comply with the SFDR rules. Here broadly are some of the classifications. Article 6 funds do not have sustainability drivers. Article 9 funds have measurable ESG objectives and are seen as dark green. In between are Article 8 funds, which are called light green. They simply promote environmental and social characteristics and comply with good governance. Obviously, if ESG is a priority for you, you'd want to invest in Article 9 or dark green funds. But these rules have caused a shakeout in the funds landscape. Morningstar has been reviewing fund documentation. 
Earlier this year, it removed the ESG label from as many as 1,200 funds with 1 trillion US dollars in assets. Its review is not yet complete. Recently, it said that nearly a quarter or 25% of funds classified as Article 8 or light green do not live up to ESG principles. The short of this is that because the dust has yet to settle on ESG labels, it's prudent to be cautious when a fund today carries that label. The problem, too, is that it's really not easy for investors like you and me to ascertain a fund's ESG credentials. But you can ask your banker or advisor some questions, such as, what exactly is the process that the fund applies to qualify as ESG? Is it merely an exclusion process? Or is ESG integrated into all aspects of portfolio management? What are the qualifications of the people managing the fund? Does the firm only use external ESG ratings? Do they apply any proprietary ESG analysis? That's a lot of questions, and hopefully you can get some clear answers. We've so far talked about four issues. Your stand on fossil fuels, the significance of ESG ratings, whether ESG funds actually deliver value, and the confusion around ESG labels. One final issue I'd like to bring up, which will be relevant if you are investing in funds, is the difference between ESG as a process and ESG as a product. There are many fund managers who apply the ESG discipline across the board in their investment process, and yet their funds may not be explicitly labeled as ESG. I'm convinced that as ESG becomes more mainstream in the investment world, it will become a routine element of fund management almost like a hygiene factor which will help to suss out certain risks a company may face. Today you also see ESG as a product. These may be thematic ESG funds or a broad equity or fixed income fund with the ESG label. Such funds may have a specific investment theme or universe and specific ESG objectives. Once you understand the distinction between ESG as a process versus ESG as a product, I think you can better make an informed decision on whether or how much to invest. If the ESG fund is thematic in nature, for example, your allocation may be as a satellite investment with a smaller share in your overall portfolio. The MAS has issued guidelines on disclosure for retail ESG funds in an effort to prevent greenwashing. The guidelines are to take effect in January 2023. That's something to watch. I'll certainly work on an update on this. I hope you've enjoyed and picked up some insight from this episode. Until next time, thank you for listening. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.